Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. One of the fundamental goals of elementary school is to get kids reading and turn them into voracious readers. And so it is no surprise that in the supporting that goal, PTAs and PTOs often run readathon fundraisers. It's a great way to raise money. And today we will talk about some ways to run a readathon and how to make it successful. So I did a lot of research for today's episode by connecting with PTAs and PTOs who have run readathons, looking through various Facebook groups and taking the top tips and put them together so that you have a comprehensive overview of not only how to run a readathon, but then also a few things that people have shared have made their readathons more lucrative. I'm also going to include some sample language that you can use in our show notes. But if you want some sample forms because you will be running a readathon on your own, feel free to reach out because I can get you those as well. So let's start really high level with how much can you expect to make from a readathon? Most people make ten to thirty thousand dollars, with twenty thousand dollars being really that sweet spot. And this is based on schools kind of as small as three hundred and as large as seven hundred and fifty. It includes Title I schools, and there are a number of different factors at play, which we will talk about at the end. But really, that ten to thirty k spot is where you should set your sights. Parents have also reported that running the readathon for several years, you actually start making more money in the later years. One, because you get better at it, but two, also because parents look at it as a recurring fundraiser and can plan for it. So, what are the basic components of a readathon? Well, like most fundraisers, there is the advertising and awareness beforehand by your PTA or PTO. There is the methodology by which you collect donations. There is the methodology by which you allow readers to track their reading over a couple week period. And then there is the calculation of reading minutes and donation amounts at the end and prizes awarded. So you usually will have a blurb about your readathon that goes something like this. Every day beginning on a certain day through an end date, participants will earn money by reading books. Participants will get pledges from family and friends to support their efforts. Sponsors can either pledge a certain amount of money per minute read or make a flat donation. PTAs and PTOs across the country run this in one of two ways, either through a full-service company or on their own. When I talk about a full service company, the two most common ones that came up were Readathon and 99 Pledges. Readathon 
as you may guess by the name, specializes in this type of a fundraiser. People really like that they personalize for each child and give incentives for companies to donate. And we'll talk about company donations in a minute. But they do take a percentage. People have reported about 20%. I have not individually verified that with Readathon, so be sure to do that on your own if you're considering them. And then there can be a cost for using their prizes through their site. 99 Pledges, on the other hand, has fewer bells and whistles. It's not dedicated just to reading, but it does have lower fees. It charges only a credit card fee, and it does offer individual fundraising pages. The benefit to using one of these companies is less work on the PTO or PTA volunteers because there's less manual calculations. Donations can be taken online, so you get a spreadsheet of donations rather than having to manually enter that information. The second is to do it on your own. Again, this can be facilitated with technology, which I would recommend. If your school uses MemberHub, MemberHub does have a way to run a readathon or at least the tracking thereof in the platform. Or you can also use Google Forms or Google Sheets to track information, um, including donations and minutes read. Irrespective of which of these two methodologies you use, most schools also do allow for paper tracking and paper donations. And what I mean by that is a good old fashioned write down how many minutes you've read and submit your piece of paper with total minutes and or write how much you want to pledge and hand in a check. By doing that as well, it allows the schools to accommodate their whole community and however they would like to participate in the readathon. Aside from the administrative process, the other really big piece of running a readathon is figuring out the prizes. There are a number of different ways you can do this, and I would again put this into two buckets, individual prizes and class prizes. So individual prize levels typically start at $10 or $25 raised and usually go up to over $500. And this is focused on the amount of money an individual raises. There are also um, prizes for minutes read. This incentivizes kids to get in there and read and not just focus on the fundraising element, but also on the reading element. So it's great to include a prize for most minutes read by grade or something of that sort. And then class prizes with the top three to four classes getting a prize, something like a pizza party, an ice cream party, etc. Some unique prize Twists are to actually give raffle tickets to anybody who reads a certain number of minutes. So one raffle ticket for every hour read, for example, that allows kids to get entered into some sort of raffle to win a bigger prize. Having a top fundraiser, top reader in each grade, or a prize for teachers specifically, not just their classes, but the teachers whose classes raise the most or read the most. In terms of types of prizes, I would say in that top tier, so this is either the top fundraiser, the top reader, the top teacher, electronics are pretty common to see, iPad, Amazon Fire, also gift cards here, a Target gift card, 
or something of that sort. For the class parties, usually a bounce house party, a trampoline party, or some sort of food party, pizza party, popcorn party, ice cream party, all really common. At that mid-level, gift cards are really common here or spirit wear. And then at that base level, invisible ink pens, $5 gift cards, free Kona ice, or small trinkets. I will say some schools structure their entire readathon prize levels based on gift cards and just have them going up in amount or based on credits to their book fair. So that's another interesting way of doing it to have all the prizes aligned to one thing like the book fair or gift cards and then just vary the levels of those gift cards or credits. I said I'd talk about tips on how to boost fundraising and that's the juicy part here. So the first way that schools have had a lot of success is to ask local companies to sponsor the prizes. For example, something I've actually seen work very successfully at our own school is have one of the prizes, let's say for anybody who's raised $50, they get a free Kona ice. Well, then you ask Kona ice to bring the truck to the school. Anybody who has received that free Kona ice based on their fundraising or their reading can come get their free Kona ice, but they typically come with their family and their family members buy their own separate Kona ice because, you know, when the older sibling has one, the younger sibling wants one as well. And that is good for Kona ice as well as good for the school. In addition, Kona ice may donate a portion of overall sales back to the school. So this ends up actually being a little bit of a fundraiser as well. And it gets the community together and everybody um, connecting in whatever manner by, you know, socializing or even just being in line together. Uh, It gets that community together. So that's a nice way to boost your fundraising dollars, get the local community involved, get a local business involved and get that business some recognition you can also do this with, you know, Safeway gift cards, Kroger gift cards, Target gift cards, any local business. You can go out and ask for gift cards and um, give those as prizes. Where you decide to use a platform that may have prizes available within the platform, most schools have said that that is not the best way to maximize your fundraising dollars, but to manage the prizes on your own. So the second way to boost your fundraising dollars is to manage the prizes on your own. The third way to boost your fundraising dollars, and I mentioned this once already before, but is to make donating really easy. So have a number of different methods. Take checks, take cash, take credit cards online, allow people to donate for minutes read or flat amounts, allow local companies even to donate or to match where somebody has donated. Making it easy to donate can really help boost your fundraising dollars. And then finally, the fourth tip on ways to boost your fundraising dollars is to pair this with a -a write-a-thon. Now, this is a unique twist that we've never done at any of the schools that I have um, been at. And so I I really liked this idea. So before you kick off the read-a-thon segment, in other words, the couple of weeks where the kids are reading, you have students turn in addresses of their friends and family, plus a letter 
or drawing about why they love to read or their favorite book. Now, it would be a drawing for the kids who aren't necessarily writing yet or a letter for the older kids. You can include a sample. And once they turn that in, uh, you make copies of all those letters and you mail a packet that includes a donation form to all of the addresses that have been turned in. So this actually does some of that fundraising legwork for the kids and also gets awareness out to many people about the readathon that's going on. Of course, you then provide an address where they can send in a donation or drop off a donation. But having those letters and the students sharing what reading means to them really gets the community engaged in the readathon and can boost fundraising quite a bit. You can also give raffle tickets for every five addresses turned in or even every address turned in. That way it incentivizes students to turn in addresses, turn in letters, and really participate in this write-a-thon process. One school mentioned that when they include a write-a-thon, because they've done it both ways with just a read-a-thon or a read-a-thon plus write-a-thon, they almost doubled their money by including the write-a-thon. So they went from 11K for a year where they just did a read-a-thon, whereas the prior year when they did a read and write-a-thon, they made over 20K. So really can help your fundraising go far. So to sum it up, to have a successful read-a-thon, you really want to let people know in advance, make it easy to donate money, make it easy for the students to track their minutes, and get people engaged by offering prizes for readers as well as for fundraisers. Again, we will have some language that you can use in your materials in the show notes, and you can always reach out if you need any templates for sponsorship or reader tracking. Good luck with your next readathon. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in the Multipurpose Room.